are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locks on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? Though is wonderful and might I add, handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer Miller Thomas. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. And remember to go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On today's podcast, I want to talk about the World Series, give some predictions, and then later on in the part, uh, later on in the pod for part two, got Scott Cullen back on. We're going to be finishing yesterday's conversation, but let's first talk about the World Series because it's finally here. We got the championship series, and it's kind of what we expected. We definitely expected the LA Dodgers to be here. I mean, World Series favorites from the jump back in the preseason, but the Tampa Bay Rays were a little bit surprising. They've been underdogs the whole season. They've been not betting favorites. I mean, not a lot of people expected Tampa Bay to be here. And I definitely thought the Astros were going to win Game 7. After seeing them come back, after them being down 3-0, I just thought they had the momentum. I thought they were just going to break the race spirits in that Game 7. I thought they were going to go on to win and make it to the World Series. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. And now we got the Rays versus Dodgers in a World Series. I think this is the World Series we should have gotten. I think these were the two best teams in baseball. And you can make an argument for Atlanta. You can make an argument for a couple other teams. But on paper, these were th- this was the best team in the NL, the best team in the AL. And now they're... Uh, facing off, squaring off against each other in the World Series. And when you look at the numbers, these two teams are just deadly even. I'm going to rattle off some numbers for you here from the team. You look at the team batting average in the MLB. Dodgers, 4th. The Rays were 10th. So a little bit of disparity in batting average. But if you go to run scored, it doesn't matter what you hit as long as you're bringing home runs. Dodgers were the number one scoring team in baseball. But Tampa was number three, and the Astros are surprisingly second on this list. You look at home runs. Tampa, number one in home runs in the regular season. Dodgers were number three. I bet you guys didn't expect that. OBP, we got Dodgers at one. We got Tampa at ten. So Tampa is at least top ten in everything. And the Dodgers, of course, are at the top of the list in almost every offensive stat. But when you look at pitching, Tampa, fourth in ERA. Dodgers, fifth in ERA. You look at uh, strikeouts, Tampa, second. Dodgers, fourth. It's deadly even. Home runs allowed. Tampa, second best in home runs allowed. Dodgers, fifth best in home runs allowed. Or excuse me, I was actually wrong about that. Tampa is actually the second worst team in home runs allowed, and Dodgers are fifth worst team in home runs allowed. That's actually pretty surprising. When I'm looking at these home runs allowed, it's actually 
concerning. I'm not even sure if these numbers are accurate, to be honest. Oh, I've been, I didn't even notice. I've been looking at postseason stats this whole time. So everything I just told you is in the postseason. So that's how close these two teams have been in the postseason. I'm sorry if there was any confusion. I really thought I was looking at regular season stats this whole time. I, I really can't believe this was postseason the whole time. So that's why I was like, Tampa gave up the most home runs in the postseason. That doesn't make any sense. Or in the regular season, that doesn't make any sense. I know they're I was like, where are the Diamondbacks on this list? I know they they are definitely the worst team in the in baseball in terms of home runs allowed, but all those stats I just told you were for the postseason. So Tampa and Dodgers were pretty much near the top of everything. Offensively, it was definitely the Dodgers more than Tampa. But when it came to runs scored and home runs, Tampa was right there in that top three. And when it comes to pitching, Tampa Bay is better in ERA. If you look at the strikeouts, Tampa Bay is slightly better in strikeouts as well as the pitching staff. So these two teams are deadly. Even pitching, uh, batting, these two teams are too close. And when I look at the rosters, I think their pitching staffs are very comparable. I don't know if either team has an advantage. Maybe the Dodgers pitching staff a little bit more, but you can't go wrong with this Rays pitching staff either. You got Glasnow, Snell, and Charlie Morton. That's a pretty good top three for this for the Dodgers. You got Bueller and Kershaw, and then you could always throw in a Dustin May or Gonsolin. So I really like both of these teams. I really think they're both good with their pitching. I think they both got good bullpens, and then their defense for both of these teams is just stout. They play some elite defense. We've seen some home run robbing in this championship series, and this just in the playoffs overall, Kevin Kiermaier, Margot, Bellinger, Mookie Betts, they've made some outstanding plays in this playoff run to the World Series, and We'll see it all culminate in this World Series. And on the mound tonight, we're going to see Kershaw versus Glasnow. And, man, we know about Kershaw's struggles in the postseason, but Glasnow's not some dominant guy now. In the regular season, he had a 4.08 ERA. The thing about Glasnow is he's a strikeout artist. He's a guy who throws in the upper 90s. He can average in the regular season, and I believe he averaged about 98 on his fastball. So he's bringing the heat when he's out there on the mound. But in his last, in two of his last three starts in the postseason, he's given up a combined eight total runs. So I guess you could just say he's given up eight total runs in his last three starts. And that's how many innings total. Let me count it up. About th- So he's given up eight earned runs in the last 13.1 innings pitch. That's not that great. He has six home runs and four starts allowed. So that's not that great either. And we already know about Kershaw. We already know about his struggles. And this is a game one. This is anytime <laughs> Kershaw basically gets on the mound in a playoff game. It's basically a legacy game because we hate to see him falter. And that's what he did in that uh, series against Atlanta in that game six. We saw some bad Kershaw. He was cruising through most of the game. Then by that fifth inning, I believe, he gave up a couple earned runs. He ended up giving up four earned runs and just struggled later in that game. Whenever he gets, uh, what, through that second or third time through the lineup, those hitters really start to key in on Kershaw. And it was another phenomenal regular season for Kershaw this year. 2-1-6 ERA at 9.6 strikeouts per nine. He was dominant. He's going to be in that Cy Young conversation this season but again when you look at the postseason numbers uh it hasn't been awful for Kershaw this year he gave up four earned runs in the last start start before that three earned runs but it hasn't been that bad for him it hasn't been playoff Kershaw bad 
maybe the last start was his worst, and you think maybe it was because of playoff pressure, how much the game meant. Maybe he just wasn't as full health. So this game is going to be important today. Every game is important. It's the World Series, and Kershaw is on the mound. We need to know if Kershaw is that guy that we believe he is based on his regular season or if he just is playoff Kershaw. And the sample size is huge for playoff Kershaw. The resume uh, with his failures in the postseason has been huge. But so is David Price's. And he put together a couple good outings, two or three good outings in the World Series. And all of a sudden, all his playoff struggles were wiped away off his resume. So if Kershaw goes out there, dominates the World Series, win finals, World Series finals MVP. World Series MVP, not finals MVP. Just World Series. MVP, then maybe we would look at him in a different light, look at him with a different perspective and say, you know what, he finally overcame his struggles, but he has to do it in this series, and he has to do it at a supremely high level, basically what he does in the regular season if he wants to get our respect, and finally wipe those playoff Kershaw whispers off his resume. Now, I'll finish that conversation between Scott Cullen and I, but first, I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain store front. Why do often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? Your computers with access to rockauto.com rockauto.com at home and in your pocket rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds to manufacturers the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we send you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it and finish that conversation between Scott Cullen and I. Are there any Diamondbacks you're targeting next season, Scott? I want to know you, your your draft philosophy. Do you think you're staying away from this Diamondbacks team as we saw this season? Or, you know, you see Zach Gallon there, you see Ketel Marte. Yeah. Maybe you believe in a bounce-back season from Eduardo Escobar. Are you going to target any Diamondback players next season in your fantasy draft? Well, Gallon certainly. I like I like you know all the all the things you mentioned are you know absolutely true that you know it, it, and it, when you say you know that he had gone that many starts allowing two earned runs or fewer, it's ma- it makes it all the more appalling that he only won three games. <laughs> you know, yeah. like he's definitely giving his chance his team a chance to win, and they just didn't help him out. Um, but so he you know Gallon is, is the the one, and, and Marte is is one. But like in you know, deeper drafts and, and things like I, I would still look to somebody like Christian Walker could give you decent corner infield value um, because he's not, he's not going to come with a whole bunch of hype. You know, like you're looking at somebody that you can get, um, you know, middle to later rounds and, and still may provide uh, positive value, but that, but 
you know, this is the nature of, of coming off a, a tough season like the Diamondbacks are, is that the real, you know, value to them is finding guys who are, you know, either going to bounce back or, you know, just provide better value than they have in the past. And, and so, like, I'm sure at some point, you know, people will look to see whether Madison Bumgarner is still, uh, you know, still a viable uh, fantasy pitcher and whether Luke Weaver can uh, bounce back from a disaster season. Like, like if you're really, you know, late in your draft and you go, well, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not looking to, to grab a guy who had a 6.5 ADRA like Luke Weaver did, but, you know, if you look, you know, his previous seasons were, were better than that, you know, and, and so, again, we don't want to over, overvalue uh, that 60-game season, and, and maybe you want to take, you know, one of those guys late because, you know, the upside is, is obviously that they, they aren't as bad as they were in 2019. Yeah, and forget fantasy. Or 2020, so- goodness. Yeah, forget fantasy. I'm trying to figure out Madison Bumgarner is a viable uh, mm-hmm. reality option in, in real yeah. life, honestly, because he that, that contract right now, I mean, I, I was happy for the contract before the season. I thought 15 a year for Bumgarner was a steal, honestly, and he was still a guy who was only 30 years old. He has a lot of mileage on his arm. But in, sure. terms of, in terms of age, he was still young, so to see him really just regress so mightily was a huge surprise, and Luke Weaver was another one who he dealt with some health issues last season 2019 but when he was pitching and was on the mound he looked pretty good out there so now I'm wondering if last year was an outlier because you go back to his Cardinals mm-hmm. years he, he had a lot of down seasons with the Cardinals he had a couple of seasons uh in the fours and the fives I think he even had one season in the sixes so he really only has two seasons under his belt maybe three or four bad seasons so we'll yep. see Luke Weaver if he could you know come around and live up to his potential we'll see if Bumgarner can have a bounce back season next season uh hopefully they do if the D-backs want any chance to make the playoffs in 2021 because their pitching was a huge struggle they gave up too many home runs from those two guys and this rotation just wasn't clean at all this whole season outside of Zach Gallon. and we'll see what Merrill Kelly does hopefully he comes back healthy he had that thoracic outlet surgery Mm -hmm. and that's the same thing that Markel Fultz had uh believe it or not when he was dealing with his yip so hopefully Merrill Kelly comes back healthy and ready for the start of 2021 but last question I have for you Scott this was my first year playing fantasy I would like to say I did finish in the final four so I had a pretty good season go. in my fantasy league you know I you know I don't want to brag or anything but I thought for a beginning I thought I had a pretty good season but nice. I want to ask you because I didn't really know what to do with my first year so what is your best mm-hmm. strategy for drafting and what's your overall philosophy when it comes to fantasy baseball well I think um, overall I, I focus my attention I guess on uh, position scarcity uh, because there are certain positions where um, there are, just aren't that many guys who are really fantasy productive. Uh, I think of second base, I think of catcher. Um, and, and you know what, in, for years and years, first base was always easy. You could always, you could always find productive bats. I think this year and, and last year, it, it started to thin out a bit that uh, you don't have as many you know, guys who are hitting 30 home run, uh, 100 RBI kind of seasons. Uh, and so position scarcity is one of the big things for me is, you know, I don't, I don't want to get left uh, kind of last on the board at the really um, lean positions. And so that's, that adds value to some of these players in, in terms of, you know, how early I want to take them in a draft or how much I want to spend in an auction. Uh, and really other than that, I, I tend to be flexible. Uh, I, I don't have any kind of one uh, plan of, Oh, I only take pitchers here. Or I only take, uh, you know, outfielders here. I'm, I, I pretty much roll with uh, give me best player available. 
and if if it's close, well, then I'll take the guy who you know who plays second base or a catcher or something where uh, where it's a position where you could end up uh, you know with a real non-factor if you go too late. Yeah, and I kind of developed my own strategy by the end of the season. I just figured to have like six or seven starters that I was comfortable with and then just have mm-hmm. a rotation of just kind of closers that I felt like could give me extra points on days that I didn't have a started posi- uh, starting pitcher in that spot. And so I just kind of did a rotation when it came to my pitchers. I feel like next season I really just want to target pitchers. I feel like they just added so much more value than my positional players because guys like Ian Happ, I just picked up off the waiver wire. Yeah. They got me a great season. I know other other players got picked up like Mike Yastrzemski got picked up off the waiver mm-hmm. wire. But I feel yep. like there's at least few guys that you could just pick up off the waiver wire and just fill into your positional needs because they, they only average about point and a half, you know, maybe two points, two, three points a game. So when I see my pitchers out there, they could give me, you know, possibly 20 points every star. I think I'd rather just have a rotation of just solid, strong starters and then just put a rotation of closers as well. So I think next season, that's what I'm going to do. And hopefully, you know, it nets me some money in the long run. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we should do like a locked-on fantasy baseball thing and get all of us together uh, and, and do a little uh, fantasy baseball. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's an awesome idea. Yeah, I would love to get something started like that for us next season. But Scott, thank you for coming on today's pod. And before you go, shout out your social media handle so the Locked On Dimeback fans know where to find you. Well, thanks for having me on, Miller. This is great. Uh, you can uh, find me at uh, the Locked On uh, Fantasy Baseball is LO underscore Fantasy MLB uh, on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at by Scott Cullen. Uh, and so, you know, send me questions. Uh, I'm going to have uh locked on fantasy baseball you know podcasts all through the off season uh and through the world series and so um you know we're, we're just going to keep keep rolling whether or not we have baseball or not <laughs> yeah and i'm a huge fantasy junkie i'm in like seven fantasy football leagues right now so we'll definitely awesome. have you on the pod again and we'll definitely talk some fantasy because i honestly love it i can't get enough of it so thanks scott for coming on today's pod and i'll talk to you again soon great thanks for having me miller that's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to Scott Cullen for hopping on today. Go back and listen to yesterday's podcast with Scott Cullen, part one of that. If you missed that, he's from the Locked on Fantasy MLB podcast. As always, everyone stay safe, stay healthy, and come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and inside because it's your team every day. Deuces!